Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 60. My name is Chris, and I am joined by my zestful co-hosts, <laughs> Mike and Brooke, uh, and shortly, hopefully, our prodigal podcaster, Julie, will be returning to share some of her candid comments. And uh, yeah, today is our episode 60, our final episode of season two. And today we are talking about to trad or not to trad. It's going to be an interesting conversation because I have no idea where my wonderful co-host sit. So stay tuned for that. We've got some great news coming up. Anyways, friends, how are you guys doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Brooke? I am doing. I am surviving. Doing my best to survive. My children are nuts. Vincent had a horrible fever. Pretty sure he had rosola, but I'm not sure. You know. Yeah. And now Chris said I'm zesty and it really makes me want Doritos. Like sweet chili heat Doritos. Mm, Not zesty Doritos. They're pretty good, but... Oh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Dude, I Ooh. love Apparently there was a shortage of Cool Ranch Doritos during the uh, lockdown. Did you hear that? No. What did you say, Chris? I love Cool Ranch Doritos. They are so good. So good. I can eat a whole bag. Oh, I could too. Me, yeah. me, it's bad. Me and, a, me and one of my very close friends one Christmas pulled out a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos for like our little... Christmas hangout and we were opening presents together and we ate the whole bag, just the two of us in one sitting in like half an hour. That's really not that impressive though. For two people, I could do it on my own easily. We were two girls. (laughs) I mean, is this really a contest you want to win? (laughs) This is true. In comes the voice of reason. (laughs) When I was a teenager, I could eat a whole large pizza just on my own. But like, like it'd have to be a thin thin crust pizza, but I could do it easily. Still. I could probably still do it. I remember in university, my roommate and I used to order a large pizza and each eat half of it. That was like a regular thing. Mm-hmm. No wonder you're better looking now than you were then. Definitely eat a lot better. Yeah. Mm. You were but good looking then still. Let's be honest, Biased. though. Let, let's be honest. There was the uh, Christian Noodles restaurant that was in your oh, man, college so town. Man, do you remember that? Yeah. Tell, tell tell our listeners about Christian Noodles. Christian Noodles. Well, it was a Chinese noodle shop, and they had, like, a bunch of Bible quotes and stuff up inside, just kind of randomly, I guess. Um, so we started calling them Christian Noodles. Um, at one point, they took down all the Bible stuff, though. I think, like, the uh, owner left or something. Boo. Yeah. Agnostic noodles just doesn't have the same yeah. to it. 
And they just didn't taste as good after that. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Well, speaking of uh, things that we love, food, we also love shout outs. So let's make a quick jump over to our shout out section, wherein we shout out our newest shout out that was <laughs> submitted uh, two months ago, almost exactly. Oh Sorry, we haven't uh, commented on this yet, but here it goes. Uh, it is from Chrissy MS12 via Apple Podcasts. Uh, she gave us five stars, and the title is Learning a Lot. And the comment is, quote, clear, concise, non-egotistical podcast. I am learning a lot. I like that they are in my diocese. Great podcast with obvious good intentions. Entertaining listening. Aw, Chrissy. Chrissy, give you ten stars. Oh, easily. Wow. You're in my diocese. I would happily feed you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't I think she, doesn't she likes lie. you more than us. I feed you every dang day. It's true. <laughs> but how many stars have you given me? <laughs> Definitely not 10 out of five. <laughs> Get nine and a half for that. Oof. Oof. Out of a hundred. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> It makes him laugh. It's a cold <laughs> night in the Strauss house. Oh my gosh. Wah, wah, wah. Even I get more stars than that. Hey yo. <laughs> so speaking about those who we'd we'd give stars to, the Diocese of London. Let's talk about how many stars does the Diocese of London get for their response to the COVID nineteen crisis. Let me talk about all the stars I would give the London Diocese. Okay, done. Next topic. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Man. So, Mass is starting this week. Praise be Jesus Christ. Again, it had to start because the government has given obvious permission for the people to open the churches uh, to attend Mass with a what is it, 30% capacity? Yep. Um, and just to be even more clear, they gave permission, like they gave notice last week, and the permission started on Friday. Still no masses this Sunday because no one decided to get ready to do any of this stuff for mass. I think no one. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I have a comment on that. That we heard firsthand today. Mm -hmm. So even though some places can have 30% capacity, it all depends on the pew layout. So with 30% capacity at the one parish that we went to and spoke to the priest with, um, it would be about 180 people. But because of how they have to distance everyone, they can only fit 70 Mm -hmm. So your 30% capacity might be 100, but you might only be able to fit 30 of them. Be prepared for that. Yeah, because they have to mark every spot where a person can basically sit six feet apart. You have to register. 
people have to ask you, like drill you with health health questions. Like it's crazy. Sanitize everything. Can't go to the bathroom. Stuff like that. I heard an interesting workaround today uh, for that issue. Um, So with this opening of phase two, one of the things that they've done in Ontario is they are saying you may now have a social bubble of 10 people and that group of people can all hang out and be friends and uh, do things together. And yes, on behalf of the government, you can officially hug. So thanks for yep. that, Ontario government. Yeah, you not big, not big brother at all. Thanks, government. Yeah. Um, Needed to know whether I could hug my friends. <laughs> but uh, the 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 um, way that I heard it worded today was bring your social bubble to mass or create your social bubble with people at mass so that you can work around the six foot rule. Because if you've got Mm. 10 people that you're friends with, you can fit your 10 friends all in that same pew and just say, these are my social, this is my social bubble. Deal with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I think it wouldn't go over well with a lot of people, but I mean, it's a loophole. And I think it's a smart one, you know, I mean, even if it is a loophole, I feel like most parishes are going to be super difficult about it. Exactly. But that's just my feeling. Yeah. You guys know how I've been, how I've been feeling about this whole thing. Right. Because one of the, one of the directives given by our Bishop is that uh, there is no communion on the tongue being allowed only communion in the hand and uh, I've been so salty about it for like the last two days. I had to like, I had to like take a hiatus off of social media because every comment I was going to make was like, just kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you can see my uh, descent into insanity in the form of memes. So check out our Instagram story all of that there's going to be more coming so i just made one (laughs) yeah mike just made a really good one probably the best one um yeah did you have a favorite one that i made mike Mm, there were so many really enjoyable ones i like the winnie the pooh one (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah the glare from winnie the pooh (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh bother piglet the modernists are at it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. Guess who just arrived? Julie. That would be me. Julie. <laughs> I'm super stoked to be here. Welcome back to the I'm podcast. It's be only here. been 12 years. I know. Wow. No. We missed you. I missed you. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who did you miss most? The listeners, duh. Which, which of the podcasters did you miss the most? Mm, I see you all the time, so Mike and Brooke, obviously. <laughs> no, you must pick. You have to pick one. Oh, then Brooke. Yeah, take that, Mike, mm. to the bank. Mm. It's not surprising. It's really not. Hopefully I can stay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm already I hearing the baby I know. starting to fuss. <laughs> so, um, well, do you want to, the baby is starting to cry, everybody. See you around. <laughs> Come back later. Thanks, thanks for coming. Give us your opinion. Okay. So, speaking of the weird situation, one sec. Julie left the door open. Wow. So. Babies. So, yeah, in, in our diocese, communion in the hand is going to be demanded and uh, ov- obviously to the chagrin of every traditionalist uh, in this uh, diocese. Um, yep. And, and violating the adult once again. Yep. Yep. The universal norm. Not that anyone cared about that. Yeah. The universal norm, which has been uh, reiterated by the Vatican, even uh, recently during the time of the swine flu. And mm-hmm. that edict came from them saying, you can't prevent the faithful from receiving Holy Communion. And the bishops are taking that power and still saying, sorry, disagree. Yes, we can. Um, it's a bad situation. I, I was talking to our friend Bill from the Agios Dos podcast. By the way, just a real quick clarification. Last week on the podcast, I called it the Sword in the Cloud podcast. I was like baby sleep deprived, like so bad. So I apologize for the misnomer. It's the Agios Dos podcast. He goes by the Sword in the Cloud. His website is the Sword in the Cloud, but the podcast is called the Agios Dos. So anyway, my my B. Uh, Bill Dykstra, but anyway, he was saying that in in Saskatoon, that one of the um, one of the parishes, Eastern Rite parishes, is demanding communion in the hand. I've Whoa. never heard of that. Now they normally do intinction in most of the Eastern Rites, uh-huh. right? Uh huh. Yeah, and so I have no idea what, um, like, how they're going to go about that part. Um, but I know that he said that he's going to another parish where they are, uh, distributing Holy Communion on wooden spoons and then burning the spoons after, which supposedly was done during the time of the plague. I didn't know about that, but supposedly that's Mm. the thing. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, they're, I mean, they're trying to be a little bit more practical, creative um whatever i still obviously i still think it's less dignified right it should be a sacred vessel on which the the host (laughs) is placed but i mean at least they're they're trying something to ensure that the the faithful don't have to touch with their hands the sacred species so Mm -hmm. yeah isn't that weird? Yeah. I, I don't know. I get the spoon thing kind of, although it seems a bit weird to like burn. Well, yeah. I don't know how it works. Like the idea of there being particles of our Lord on like our Lord on the spoon and you burn it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know how all of that um, would work. Right. Or the history. Well, isn't it kind of similar just thinking out loud to like 
the small and tiny chance of some molecule of the Blessed Sacrament being left for something like a sacrarium. Yeah. Like the reason that exists rather than yeah, the sewer. Yeah. Like I presume that they are going to purify in the most Catholic way possible uh, in the most reverent way possible. Those, those spoons before taking them to be burned. Right. So they yeah, ensure yeah. that there's no, no actual um, sign of our Lord left, you know? Right. Okay. But that, that sounds like that would make more sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's not instantly, uh, horribly offensive to me like communion in the hand yeah yeah i had a priest this week call me uh or fear that i was um he shared with me that he feared that i was uh toying with schismatic tendencies essentially because i was pitting myself against the indult of paul the sixth that was a fun conversation Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all against the indult here, aren't yep. we? We sure are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had to explain to Not him because he, he didn't understand why I am so salty about the whole thing. And I had to explain to him clearly. I'm like, I actually believe that communion in the hand is a grave evil. And every every fruit that has come from it has been evil. Like destruction of vocation. Should send him our uh, podcast about coming in the hand. I don't think he'd ever listen. You know him. I know him. <laughs> He's too busy, and especially now we the priests are him. so busy. The priests are so yeah. busy. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I just. Yeah, it's obviously not schismatic. It's not like we're saying. Pope Paul VI didn't have the power to issue this indult because he's not the Pope or something like that. Mm. I'm just saying he made a really bad decision by allowing this indult. Mm-hmm. It was it was asked for in bad faith, and he still allowed it. It's something that should never have been allowed. Right. Exactly. I uh, yeah, I was just like so salty, you know, and. And every ounce of me, every ounce of me, it just, it just affirmed why I've moved on from the Novus Ordo and why I personally consider myself a traditional Catholic. But, spoiler alert. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the right thing or not. And, uh, you know, there have been, there's been talk among traditionalists, regular, modern Catholics, whatever you want to call them, um, as to whether this is the right thing and whether we should be labeling ourselves. Cardinal Sarah recently even uh, talked about this, um, (laughs) how he thinks that there shouldn't be the label. Um, but, should there be? What do you guys think? So, 
Um, let's read a bit of what Cardinal Sarah said, shall we? So he said, this is in uh, yeah, a talk that was addressed to traditional Catholics where he expressed his love and admiration for young traditional Catholics. Um, he said this, some, if not many people call you traditionalists. Sometimes you even call yourselves traditional Catholics or hyphenate yourselves in a similar way. Please do this no longer. You do not belong in a box on the shelf or in a museum of curiosities. You are not traditionalists. You are Catholics of the Roman Rite, as am I, and as is the Holy Father. So, um, yeah, that's basically probably the best summation of that position against calling yourself traditionalists, I think, which I've heard from many people. But Cardinal Sarah, probably the most respectable voice that has put that forward, I think. And the most succinctly, I'm still going to disagree with Cardinal Sarah. <laughs> and it's not because his point isn't valid, but I think there are other things to consider too. So obviously Cardinal Sarah is correct that we're all Catholics, Pope is Catholic, Cardinal Sarah's Catholic. Um, but there are a lot of people who are Catholic who don't have the same values or practices as us. And sometimes I think that specificity is needed, uh, especially when those Catholics who actually respect the traditions of the church as all Catholics should, are in the minority. So you can't rely on the proper assumptions being in place. When I was thinking about this, kind of tried to think back a step further and think, like, in our church's history, what have we done with divisions like this? And... I wish I had more historical knowledge or resources to look this stuff up. But what I really want to know is what happened in um, the Aryan crisis in the church? Because I think, like, I see so many parallels. But um, let, me, let me start from the beginning. The ideal in the church should be unity, right? Mm -hmm. Our Lord prayed in John 17 that they may be one as we also are one. And so all Christians should strive to believe the truth and be united in one church. And I think if that were the case, everyone would just be able to say, I'm a Christian. And it would mean the fullness of the Catholic faith, tradition, scripture, doctrine, everything. And but that has basically never been the case in church history. Certainly it flew out the window with Arianism, although even before that there had been Gnostics and other heretics. Um yeah, I was wondering what the faithful Catholics 
actually called themselves when most Catholics or most, most bishops were Arian. Um, you look up articles on it now, they talk about them as Trinitarians or um, even Homoousians. Um, I don't know if these are like applied by historians. Do you have any idea, Chris? I have no idea. This is, this is uh, like, I've heard about the Homoousians. I didn't know about the Trinitarians, but yeah. I have a feeling that's um, just a term applied later for people who believe in the Orthodox position on the Trinity. Yeah, I really think um, when we think about this, we can think back to this crisis, right? Because there was a time during the Arian crisis when it was not a formal schism, There were many decades where this was an internal dispute within the church. Neither side had been anathematized or anything yet. And again, even though Arianism is objectively a heresy, there was a time when most bishops believed it. And therefore, most lay people believed it. They followed the bishops. Um, I really think we're in a similar situation today where there are two factions in the church. One faction believes that the church's infallible teachings are actually forever infallible. Her tradition is good and holy and cannot be removed and replaced. And another faction who effectively believes that the church can be rebooted, can be restarted with something like Vatican II, that her liturgy can be replaced, that her dogmas can be ignored, that new magisterial teachings can come and replace old ones, and certain traditions no longer need to be respected. And this isn't a formal or de jure um, schism, but it is a de facto schism. Um, And I think you can very accurately call the two sides in this schism traditionalists and modernists. I think it's the most accurate term to call the two sides in this schism. And um, yeah, the differences between modernists and traditionalists are at this point too important to paper over and to just get along and hope it works out. At this point, whichever side is correct, the other side is heretical. And, you know, um, if you are on the heretical side, your soul is in terrible danger. So we can't kind of just cover over these distinctions and um, not talk about it. Yeah. While I think it makes sense in certain situations to just say, I'm Catholic and that's it, there are definitely situations where you have to stand and say, no, I'm not a modernist, I'm a traditionalist. In other words, a true faithful Catholic. Just like in the Aryan crisis, if you say, I'm Catholic, and someone says, oh yeah, so you believe in... Arian teaching you'd have to say no I'm Trinitarian Catholic 
aka a real Catholic, not a heretic. Anyway, that's my position. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you I think your position comes out strong. Um, yeah, Brooke, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. You had shared yesterday um, that you had some thoughts on this, and I'd be intrigued to hear your t- your hot take. I do, and I think um, Mike and I were saying this today that my position is very much because I'm an empath. I empathize with people. I like to see things from every single angle and understand every every particular experience as best as that I can. Um, and uh, and I'm kind of a people pleaser, and I don't like confrontation, and I don't like to hurt people's feelings. However, however, my position is this. I understand why people would not want there to be a distinction between a trad or a traditionalist and non-trad or Catholic. Um, those reasons being that I think the right word is ontologically we're all Catholic if we've been baptized, right? Is that true? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure I have the terminology right. So ontologically, yes, we are all Catholic um, by our, by nature of the ba- of baptism. So the reasons. What does it mean to be a trad, basically? And here are some of the things that people would assume when you say, I'm a trad. Means that you likely only go to a Latin mass. It means that if you're a woman, you likely veil. Um, If you're a man, you've likely discerned religious life. Um, Man or woman, yeah. You do not go to the Novus Ordo unless you really have to. You only receive the Eucharist on the tongue and kneeling. Um, Many people will assume trads are always angry or, you know, just dropping bombs and calling people heretics and modernists and are unhappy at everything. (laughs) I would never do that. This is just outside perspective. People assume for trads. Just called everyone heretics and modernists <laughs> a second ago. Yeah, you hate everyone. If you if if someone goes to a Novus Ordo, you hate them. Um, but from an inside perspective of being a trad, you know, it means you go to Latin Mass, you you know receive the Eucharist on the tongue. You, you're I don't know. You appreciate the traditions of the church. Its liturgy is super important. You don't settle for, you know, bunini garbage. Sorry, not sorry. And uh, I think the part of me thinks that people don't like the distinction between trads or traditionals and just Catholic because of the divide that just the name creates. And what it all comes down to is that the two forms of the Roman rite, the extraordinary form and the ordinary form, are so different 
that there is a need to differentiate because it tells what you believe and why. And it's really not clear what it means to be a Roman Catholic now because those two rites are so different and they communicate things very, very differently. So again, I don't like the bitterness that does come from people that sometimes identify as trads or, you know, just Catholics or whatever. But there is a need to have a position and it's okay. But again, I understand both sides and yeah, still think I would say that I'm a traditionalist or a trad Catholic over just Catholic. I think the big question that a lot of people who are outside of traditional circles have when they look at us is um, what makes you more traditional than me? I mean, I go to mass, you know, it's the same mass. It's just a different form. Uh, and you, you know, the only thing that I can tell is different is that uh, you guys are more mean, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, Unfortunately, you know, I, from an, from a personal perspective, right. I'm always bringing it back to, to my experience, right. Uh, the, the way that I thought in 2007 about where I was, was that I was a traditional Catholic. I thought, you know, and, and the truth was I was traditional leaning insofar as responding to what I was receiving. Um, I mean, uh, Samorum wasn't even a thing then, you know, so, um, mm -hmm. so, but I, but I legitimately thought, you know, I'm faithful. I'm Orthodox. I, you know, I believe in the teaching of the church. I'm faithful to the Pope. I'm, you know, all of these things. Uh, but now looking back in hindsight, I can go, I had some, some weird theological opinions that were not Catholic that I thought were Catholic that were kind of told to me that, you know, as a Catholic, I could have that opinion or that uh, it's okay to have that opinion. Um, but it really wasn't a healthy mindset. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I, I tend to agree on this for the record for our listeners. Um, like we hadn't, had a conversation about this. We didn't know where each other stood on this point. We just kind of wanted to see and get each other's hot takes. So, um, but anyway, maybe before I share my thought, maybe we can get Julie to share hers because she's returned. At least I'm here for the moment. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back, Julie. Hi, Thanks, guys. You know, babies. Yep. So, so. Hun, what do you think? What do I think? To trad or not to trad? Definitely to trad. That's the short answer. Um, so kind of actually kind of in agreement with Chris, kind of what you were mentioning and what I sort of caught from you, Brooke, 
um, like thinking over my experience of having come from that charismatic side of things and then coming into the traditional side of things, I think it's important to remember what my impression of traditional Catholics was. Um, and I mean, at least at first glance, when we went to the Latin Mass in uh, Harrisburg, um, I mean, you know, we were in shorts and t-shirts. I mean, we didn't really directly interact with people a whole ton. So, I mean, there I felt out of place, obviously, because of the way I was dressed. But I didn't really feel judged, necessarily, by any of them. But I think kind of later on, as things started to change, you know. Yeah, feeling judged was definitely a factor. But also kind of seeing the mad trad side of things like you know if you're not traditional then what kind of catholic are you so that being said um and it, i think too brooke like i'm in agreement with what you had mentioned about like ordinary form and extraordinary form like there is just when you say i'm catholic it could mean that you go to mass twice a year you know, I think yeah. it's important to um, be clear about what kind of Catholic you are, because there are so many that are really Catholic in name and by baptism. And, you know, the practice of the faith is really not of importance. Um, so to me, it's important to take ownership of that. Like, I am a Catholic who goes to Mass. I'm a Catholic who goes to Latin Mass. I mean, that's usually, if anything, what I'll kind of say. Um, I think depending on the kind of population, too, that, like, I'll talk to. Um, I remember one that an old teacher that I had had that I ended up bumping into at a park and was talking to her. And, you know, I was saying that I went to the Latin Mass. And, I mean, you could just kind of see on her face, like, this, like, Oh, that's where you go? Um, so, I mean, there is that bad experience that so many people have had. So, when you say you're a traditional Catholic, it's like either people think you're crazy, or they think you're mad, or they think you're judgmental, you know, or they think you're choosing to attend a terrible mass that they had a terrible experience with, and they don't understand why would you even want to associate yourself with that, um, and with that group of people. Yeah. So, kind of coming from all those factors, I would definitely say to Trad, you know, I mean, obviously kind of leaving conversation open because it kind of depends on who you're talking to in terms of how they'll take it. But it bothers me more to say that I'm just Catholic and leave it up to the interpretation of the other person as to, you know, kind of what level I fit in. Um, and I think mm -hmm. it's important to just kind of let, say, my love and my charity, I guess, to the other person show the rest, you know, show that I'm not a mad trad. I'm just, I'm a Catholic who attends Latin Mass, you know, but be the kind of person that sets it apart and makes that experience different for them that, no, they're not, you know, like, I'm not rigid. I'm not 
judgmental, you know? Um, I mean, even on the other side of things, like C&E Catholics is a term that I'm pretty sure we have all heard at least once in a homily at a Novus Ordo parish. Definitely. Christmas and Easter Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. But no one, like, says if you're like, oh, I'm Catholic. Like, there are so many people that I've encountered in workplaces and all that kind of stuff that will say, oh, me too. You know? In discussion, I'll find out that they just go maybe a couple times a year, if at all. Yeah. You know? And they will follow up often with that. I'm Catholic, but I I only really go for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think it's important to understand each other, too. You know? Yes, I'm a traditional Catholic. And they're not lying. Like, they're baptized Catholics. Mm -hmm. But Agreed. (laughs) This is something Eric Sammons brought up on his article about, like, whether, why he calls himself a traditionalist. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons was just that, right? Like, sure, you can say, if I say I'm a Catholic, it should mean I embrace all of Catholicism and I keep the precepts of the church and I actually practice the faith. But there are lots of Catholics who don't. And in fact, they're the majority. Mm -hmm. So it's no good to just, you know, scream that it should mean this when you're talking to actual humans. And when you say you're Catholic, that's what they understand you to mean yeah is you know you go to mass at christmas and easter when grandma says you need to and you're totally fine with all kinds of perversions and stuff right yeah yeah i'm hoping we'll touch on this after but like maybe we can discuss how to be trad in its fullest sense that's what our whole podcast has been about the last 59 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. 59.5, actually. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Chris. so yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into my my thoughts, just wanted to throw out um, to everyone who may be listening who is new, um, did you guys know that we have an affiliate link with Tumblr House? Did you know that, Julie? We do? Yeah. Oh. Our friends over at Tumblr House are a fantastic uh, proprietor of Catholic literature. Uh, they've got many titles, uh, including The Latin Mass Explained, which has been one of our title books that we've been using uh, by Monsignor Mormon, um, one of the principal texts that we've been using for our liturgical breakdown. So um, if you're looking for a way to grow in your own faith and to give us a little support, um, if you visit our show notes at theologyofthebuddy.com, uh, and look for our affiliate link uh, for Tumblr House. Uh, you can help us out greatly and uh, get some really, really great Catholic books. So, uh, again, thanks so much to uh, Tumblr House for for hooking us up with that affiliate link. Um, okay, so where does Chris stand on this? Enlighten us. We all want to know. You guys, ever use Twitter? Nope, I don't. No. Yes. Well, if you use Twitter, Facebook, whatever, uh, a lot of times you'll see a description box. And what we put in our uh, description boxes are things like, what what's Mike's? It's something like non-toxic patriarch or something like. <laughs> yeah. Dungeon master, engineer, dad. 
<laughs> you know, husband, bald man. My favorite part is non-toxic patriarch. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, like for me, right? It's Catholic husband, father, dog, father. <laughs> no, uh, Carmelite, Carmelite, uh, or secular discalce Carmelite. Cause I have to tell everybody about that. Just like as if I was a vegan, um, yeah. Like board game aficionado, all these things. Okay. Um, oh, and, and host of the theology of the buddy podcast. Of course. Why do we do mm-hmm. those things? Right. It's because these, these things help describe us. In the church, there are orders, and every order has a charism, a thing that describes them, that describes their person, their, their spirituality, and, um, and how they respond as a community to the call of their baptism, right? So Carmelites, their charism is prayer, you know? Dominicans, I would say it's apostolic activity and study. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they don't pray. It doesn't mean that they, you know, they don't think those things are important, but there's kind of a certain flavor to their spiritual life. What about the Jesuits? I Let's uh, pass, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Going into hostile countries against all odds to try to convert people. <laughs> that would be the traditional. And then centuries later becoming heretics. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as, as Catholic faithful, we haven't always just called ourselves Catholics. There's always been clarifiers or qualifiers that, that we've added to, to help us um, frame how we understand what it means to be Catholic and how we adequately respond to it, you know? Um, and so I, not that I think that necessarily traditionalism is a charism. Um, but I think it does kind of tend towards that. Um, because if you talk to general traditional Catholics, they're generally united on a number of fronts, those being the importance, like Brooke said, the importance of sacredness of the liturgy, of the church's traditional teachings, of the importance of family life. You know, there's, you know, in the, the primacy of Peter and the importance of the magisterium, but not just the current magisterium, but magisterium for the last 2000 years. Um, faithfulness to, sacred scripture and not just trying to be incredibly critical of it uh, and, and falling into, you know, modern day interpretations of scripture that are not connected with sacred tradition. So, yeah, I think you can adequately define yourself as a traditional Catholic because what it does is it clarifies how you respond to the call of your baptism uh, and how is that, you know, uh, in our lives, you know, one of the big ways is the mass. So I would say, yeah, call yourself a traditionalist. Talk, um, but 
I think I think honestly Mike's Mike's uh, point is the strongest here. Um but I do I do think you can. Um and so I I respectfully disagree with Cardinal Sarah because if he to say that he is or that we are the same kinds of Catholics and that we respond to the call of our baptism the same way as someone like Pope Francis does, that's not true. Um, we don't, think, we don't, we don't walk around a with hope. Pachamama, uh, in the Vatican and call ourselves Catholics. We can't, we just can't, you know, and yeah. We don't create universal prayer centers. True. And call ourselves Catholics. I was going to say, I think there is a hope that, or a desire in, in everyone's hearts that to just be Catholic and leave it at that would be amazing because mm-hmm. being Catholic, you know, four, five, six hundred years ago was liturgical. It was sacramental. It was, I would hope people would be striving for holiness and reverence, but we've lost a lot of that in our modern churches. Even looking at architecture, let's, yeah, look at the architecture, even just that alone. Yeah, it's right like, in <laughs> in our faces because we, uh, since there is no public mass this Sunday, we drove to the nearest Catholic church to sit in the parking lot and pray. And the nearest Catholic church happens to be a modernist, brutalist monstrosity of brick literally just a cube it is the ugliest building ever like it looks like a prison like if it was a prison i think it would be shut down because it's too cruel to inmates it's it's horrible it's got orange colored stains do you even want to call it stained glass i don't know it look it's stained glass in the sense that it looks like when they were making the glass, someone spilled coffee on it and turned it brown. Yeah, it's it's nicotine stained. Like you can look <laughs> and grass stained. Oh wait, was yeah. some of them green or were they like orange and purple? <laughs> <laughs> like you can look at a thirteenth, fourteenth century cathedral, and people would know that's a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. But you look at the cathedrals built now or just, you know, normal parishes, sometimes you don't know. And yes, like inside each of those parishes is the tabernacle where our Lord resides. But everything built around it is so important, too. It's not more important than our Lord, but it is still important. Yeah. I want to go back to Cardinal Sarah for a second, because I think I do really respect his point and what he was trying to get at, which is that there's not two, two or more brands of Catholicism mm-hmm. that are both Catholicism that just differ like this. There's only the, the one true Catholic faith. Yeah. Um, and he came to the conclusion based on that that you shouldn't use the term traditionalist 
I think maybe there's a case for always calling yourself Catholic first and emphasizing the fact that being a traditionalist means being a real Catholic. I agree. Um, but I don't think it follows all the way to not calling yourself traditionalist. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I diverge a bit from Cardinal Sarah's point, but I think he's really like, he does understand the situation in the church as well. Like he knows um, the majority of Catholics are not actually practicing the faith and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I wanted to touch on something else too, um, because, and I'll admit this is an excuse to sneak this quote into the podcast because I found it today and my jaw dropped. I looked over at Brooke and I was like, this quote is the most lit thing ever. Um, But one of the arguments against calling yourself a traditionalist, I guess, is that it's divisive, right? Mm -hmm. You hear this so much about trads right they're rigid they're divisive they're you know causing dissension and arguments and disagreements and they're so grumpy or exclusive yeah did you know there's a uh i'm gonna quote this canonized saint saying that there is only one reason for discord and disagreement and dissension and it's not a saint that the modernists are going to uh, discredit. I give you uh, Saint John the Twenty Third. Once we have attained the truth in its fullness, integrity and purity, unity should pervade our hearts, minds, and actions. For there is only one cause of discord, disagreement, and dissension. Ignorance of the truth, or what is worse, rejection of the truth, once it has been sought and found. That's uh, Pope John the Twenty Third talking about why he called Vatican II. There you go. Your late quote for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's fair to call ourselves traditionalists and we will remain saying stay tratty at the end of our podcasts, at least for now until, uh, you know, maybe at Bishop Athanasius Snyder comes on the podcast and, uh, just destroys us all. And then maybe we'll concede at that point. I don't know. Yeah. To say what? Maybe Catholic. we'll allow Cardinal Sarah on for a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So funny. So if, if you, you're going to be a trad, don't be a mad trad. Yeah. No, be a kind. As trad. we said in our response to the two Catholic dudes, we're not rad trads. We're dad trads. Well, oh. not all of us. <laughs> you can identify as whatever you want, Julie. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Half of us are mom trads. In that podcast, it was just the two men. <laughs> there you go. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mom bombs. <laughs> no, Brooke, that doesn't work either. <laughs> Dang it. Um, I do. I do have to admit, though, if any 
like we were talking about before on the podcast. If you follow, if you follow us on Instagram, I've been a mad salty track. the songbook right here. I am salty the songbook. Oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> I am salty. Uh but uh, I'll 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 come down soon. Maybe I don't know. <sighs> this whole communion in the hand thing just gets me going. It just gets me going. Mm-hmm. Um, as Aaron would say, it gets it gets it. it uh, <laughs> It really affects my daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, committed liturgical abuse. You really can't <laughs> handle it. For sure. No. Just like the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> <laughs> so so to end off the podcast, I thought maybe we could do a, and, and you guys can take a second and pull it up. I wanted to ask you guys, in season two, what was your favorite podcast? Mm. That's a tough one. Mm. There was some I had so much fun on. <laughs> Can I go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, it's like every podcast just kept being my next favorite podcast. But the first one that honestly comes to mind for me is the one with Christine Moss. Shout out to you and your beautiful family. Um, Chris and I have had just so many discussions about the witness that she and her family give and are giving throughout the trial and the struggles that they are dealing with. Um, I don't remember quite what you called. What did you call that podcast? Anchors and surfboards and anchors. Surfboards and anchors. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, like the courage and the like just faithfulness and the hope um, that, you know, her family is displaying, I think is so inspirational and, you know, personally just pushes me on to, tr- to be a better Catholic. Like, you know, I think uh, the Lord is really giving them huge graces and, uh, even in seeing other people's comments, like they're affecting a lot of people in very positive ways. Yeah. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And also I Mother's Rule of Life. That she... Sorry, go ahead, Julie. Oh, sorry. I was just saying Mother's Rule of Life that she talked about in that episode. I ended up purchasing and it is really, really helping me out. Um, so, yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Look up the book if you haven't already. If you're anything like me and are disorganized and can't get your <laughs> uh, home life together and in order, that's the book for you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, all yours. Okay, my my favorite by a long shot is uh, from Youth Mass to TLM, the uh, Two Catholic Dudes Rebuttal. By far, that was my favorite. Do you have a reason why why was that your favorite? I I just think a couple things. One, it's really fun to retrace the whole story of our friendship together mm-hmm. and see how far we have come. Two, I got to say on the contrary a lot, which is my favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> 
Okay, Oscar. That's it. Those are great reasons. <laughs> I really liked how we kind of came together to make the argument make sense too. Like, I uh, I was proud of it from how like we were able to take something personal, but also make it reasonable and charitable. And yeah. One I, I look back fondly on. I have to admit, they they never responded uh, officially, but uh, I joined an Instagram live with them once, and Danny Cleary, the uh, jacked youth minister guy, he just like he cold shouldered me. I made some sort of like fun comment like hey guy like what's going on how you doing and he's just and like when you're gonna respond <laughs> i didn't say that oh i don't remember sorry but i but he was just like yeah 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 whatever hey theology the buddy glad you're here keep doing what you're doing see you around i'm like like all right dude anyway so they were not impressed didn't he say like <laughs> listen to your podcast but definitely disagree or oh, respectfully yeah. disagree yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that yeah oh uh, but yeah not a real not a real response but anyway, I just thought that was funny. Brooke, your thoughts? I really like that uh, that response podcast too. To the like youth ministry, to the TLM. It uh, it made me proud to be Mike's wife. Oh, thanks. Buddy. It exposed a lot of the good things I find admirable. And that's why, that's one of my favorite reasons why. I give you 10 stars. Do you have a favorite one that you were on? That I was on? I still kind of chuckle a little bit when we discussed the Amazon Synod. (laughs) Yeah. Because I remember I had read the entire document that came out. So I was just like, I'm ready to talk about this. Yeah. It hurts so bad. You finished it far ahead of us and you were just like, guys, I can't believe what did I just read? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sad, but <laughs> some, sometimes you just have to take a deep breath. That was a good one. It also has a really good thumbnail. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you just kind of cringing. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and I like the anime one too. That was really fun. The D&D one was really fun. I like the ones where I laugh a lot. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a soft spot for the argument and rebuttal ones. Because I like to dig into the logic and stuff. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? Chris is looking through the list, I'm sure. <laughs> well, so, he decided. Yeah, so okay. I think... Ultimately, I think my favorite one, um, the one that I think I took the most from was the surfboards and anchors. You're just copying me. No, no, no. Oh. I really- Both of the wives are copying us. Yeah. Hey, that was my idea first, though. (laughs) Not surprised. Um, No, I just found it incredibly inspirational, her story, and- um, the the fact is like i even got somebody reached out to me with regards to that 
uh, uh, that podcast and said like, you know, like, cause, cause she's been involved in like theology of the body work and, and stuff like that. Um, maybe not the, I shouldn't call it theology of the body work. That sounds like she works for a, like a, like a car shop, (laughs) theology of the body ministry, I guess. And, uh, you know, she's like, just somebody wrote, wrote to us and was like, you do know that traditionalists don't really like the theology of the body or like this kind of stuff. Right. And I'm just like, I don't care. Because, like, first of all, she's a traditional Catholic. She she goes to the FSSP. She's growing in her faith. And let's be honest, that girl, like, she is just, she inspires me to become a, a saint. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, so I find her incredibly inspirational. So that's, that. I think I take the most from that. Uh, I really loved the Youth Mass and TLM to TLM podcast though. Um, in terms of like group podcasts, I loved that one because there was, I don't know, like we just had, I don't know the vibe. I don't know the, mm-hmm. uh, just the general feel of like kind of reminiscing and, uh, just kind of piecing apart what our thought process was as younger Catholics and seeing how we've grown and changed um, you know, and respectfully being able to say two Catholic dudes, we disagree. We disagree, you know, and cause, cause they asked, they said, if you don't agree with us, share your thoughts. And we did. And boy, they, I don't think they liked it, but we did it. So like <laughs> we did it so respectfully. I don't know. I, I wish they were, they had actually responded, but anyway, that's that's besides the point. Um, I also really really enjoyed my conversation with Bill Dykstra talking about um, mm-hmm. saints and ladders and how uh, how a particular friend of ours who had passed away um, how his life had impacted us in different ways and th- how the importance of a life lived for Christ can can change the people around you and you don't even know, you know? So I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So if you have a favorite podcast friends, we'd love to know. So make sure you share that with us. Cause we'd, we'd love to know. We, we see the downloads. So we know that, which is the most popular, but um, yeah, if you have a particular podcast that you really loved, we'd, uh, we'd love to know quickly. Maybe we can share some, thoughts on um our plans for season three do you guys have some some thoughts of what's coming for the third season you're asking this and you don't know anything that we've thought or anything right nothing this is just for fun this is just to share currently what we're what we would like to see in season three coming this fall I think we're going to definitely be devoting a few episodes at least to Pius XIII's election to the papacy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Probably the apocalyptic signs in the sky will be be great. The ascent of the uh, great French monarch (laughs) 
slip that in there. <laughs> those will be live, right? We'll do those live. Yeah, yeah. we'll do Instagram lives <laughs> on for that. site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we'll just- I will probably be discussing like a response to how the summer goes in terms of a mass setting, like a like a mass setting for us. Yeah, because like in in terms of how they're gonna you know respond to the COVID. Yeah, you know requirements and precautions and everything like that because yeah we're going into it this summer and taking a break and we'll probably come back and it'll be like oh my gosh guys <laughs> yeah um so that'll probably come i'd like to do a trad wife episode like what does it mean to be a trad wife because that'd be fun like yeah and that's a movement that's like not it's not just like trad Catholic wives, you know, there's just like people who are like, I just want to be a fifties housewife. Yes. Yeah. And you're always happy. <laughs> yeah. Doing the dishes makes you, and your screaming children makes you happy. We're looking at you, modern. You're lady always podcast. happy. Hmm? We're looking at you, modern, modern lady podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. I'm looking at finer femininity on Facebook, but you know, oh. I love that. I love that channel. It's that's just why. <laughs> that's why we had this synod, and now you guys have to change your name to Trad Lady Podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Trad Lady. Yeah, I hope we get, uh, hashtag synodality. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope there's that episode, and. Uh, yeah, who knows? I have. I'm hoping that we'll have some interesting experiences that we can share with our listeners after the summer's over. Positive yeah. ones, I hope. Yep. Not positive COVID tests, just positive experiences. I think if I can make a prophecy, it's not really a prophecy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. This beautiful, this beautiful girl beside me named Julie, my wife, she uh-huh. will be returning in a more consistent capacity yes. in season three, which I'd love mm-hmm. to see. I would too. Um, slash here. Oh. Um, and I think, I think we're going to have some good guests. I'm already yeah. I'm already in the process of making a list. Uh up in the old Check it twice. Yeah. Uh and I'm already kind of building those relationships and and com- having conversations with some people. Uh so it's uh it'll be interesting. I think we're I think it's going to be the best season yet. I really do. I think we're going to see some, some really cool things happening. So, um, so I, I think we maybe, unless Julie, Julie, I don't, did you want to share your thoughts? I mean, you know me, I don't really have very great thoughts. That's (laughs) not true. (laughs) Because I've been absent for so long. Um, she abdicated. I did. I abdicated. Um, no, I mean, definitely the liturgical breakdown series. I'm honestly looking forward to being a part of that. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. a part of that. Um, 
the rest, I don't really know. I kind of just want to be inspired about mm-hmm. some topics. Um, yeah. So I'm really going to take the time, I think, this summer to really pay attention to uh, what was that face all about? Because well, I remembered a topic oh. that I hope we talk about. Well, then you hop in then. The spiritual temperaments. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Modern Lady did a a great... Okay. I guess I will say this. They did a podcast pretty recently on the four temperaments. I went and listened to it. And then to the actual talk that inspired their podcast. And now I've kind of been sucked down a Father Ripperger theology rabbit hole. (laughs) So, and I mean, honestly, it is absolutely blowing my mind um, and definitely, definitely like calling me on spiritually (laughs) in a very big way. Um, But I think like having that as kind of like topics for the podcast. um, Yeah, particularly more that I guess growth in that spiritual life. Mm-hmm. is something I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, like, it's deep, deep stuff. So, yeah. Nice. See, in season three, one of my big hopes is that we will be able to add more value to everybody's spiritual life in some way or another. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just be an informational podcast and we don't want to simply just be a conversational podcast. I think that's what kind of differentiates us from a lot of different podcasts as we, we don't have uh, a niche in a way. We're not just like always instructing and we're not just always, you know, um, like sharing personal testimony or whatever. Um but I think, yeah, one of the big hopes that I have is that, and especially already, but I think even more is that you have taken things from our podcast and and it's helped you to grow uh, in your own spiritual lives uh, and grow closer to the Lord, closer to Our Lady, and fallen more in love with the most holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really, I think, our end goal is that you would encounter Christ uh, and the beauty of his church through the sacred liturgy and through the church's most ancient sacred liturgy. Um, You know, and that you would hear from us uh, that invitation to come and see. Um, So, um, yeah. So I hope that we can do more of that. Uh, And, um, yeah, add more value to your own spiritual lives. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. We just, and, and also just to give you that, uh, that, that experience of that friendship and that fellowship that we have, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we are committed to do is essentially opening up the table to you. Um, you know, we don't have this us versus them kind of opinion here. It's you are welcome here, and we're really glad that you're here wherever you're at. And uh, we want to get to know you and continue to get to know you. Uh, to all of our friends that we've encountered uh, over the last two seasons, we are inextricably. Or is, that, in, is that the word? Inexplicably? 
yeah, I don't know. We are just so to say we are just so grateful, <laughs> and like, there's no words to describe how thankful, inexpressibly, indescribably. <laughs> we are. Yeah, that's the way we're going for. <laughs> we are infallibly <laughs> thankful for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we want you to grow along with us. Yeah. Grow alongside us. Indefatigably. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, I just, I just really, you know, from all of us, we're really grateful that you're here and we hope that you've uh, felt that you've grown in friendship with us too, uh, that you consider yourself one of the buddies because you are. Um, I don't know. Those, those are kind of my final thoughts to close out season two. So thank you. Um, did you guys have any closing thoughts before we, we end it? Can I do a visual litany plug? Go for it. Yeah. Um, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, I'm at visual litany and, uh, I create cool artwork. We discussed one of the, one of my pieces two episodes ago, I think, um, a, uh, response of, to my experience of the social distancing, coronavirus, everything. And uh, it'll hopefully be up for print, for print and order in a few weeks. Yeah, particularly the Catholic response to it and the, what we've experienced with our bishops and stuff. Mm-hmm. I have lots of ideas coming. I have huge drive to, you know, Show my geeky Catholicness mm-hmm. with all y'all. Yeah, go follow Brooke. She's great. I'm not biased. Yeah, no, we're we're grateful that uh, that you've decided to share your art with the world. It's uh, it is a it's really beautiful, and I think you have grown quite a bit. And the most recent piece actually really is is just inspired. Thank you. Like I said yeah. before, it's, it's really so good. good. Yeah. So, so check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to her, her page as well. But did you guys want to say anything to, to the listeners before we close this out? Pray your rosary every day. Our lady said too. So you should do it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning the hand, don't do it. You would be better to not receive on the hand and make a spiritual communion at mass than to receive in the hand. Boom. Roasted. (laughs) (laughs) And the great shave. If when this comes out, it'll be the final day of the great shave campaign. So make sure you visit us on Instagram to find out. Did we make it or not to 700 followers on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. So if we don't, then... Y'all get no say. (laughs) Y'all get no say and you get to see what happens. So uh, make sure you're subscribed so you can see that. Help a Um, wife out. (laughs) Yeah, guys. Help a wife out. Mike described my beard uh, yesterday. He said, and I quote, Chris, your beard is as big as a planet. It's so fluffy. That's true. He had it all puffed out and it was like a basketball on his chin. (laughs) (laughs) A hairy basketball. (laughs) Gross. Gross. 
Okay. Well. Yeah. Um. Do Do you want to do the sign off, or do you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. Well, guys. This is it. End of season two. The end of an era. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in season three. So again, thank you to everyone, each and every one of you. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, for listening to today's podcast. We're really glad that you have joined us today and over the last season. Uh, if you've not yet, we would love for you to subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. If you are a fan of social media, please, we beg you, give us a follow uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Theology of the Buddy. Uh, if you wish to email us, uh, you can do so at theologyofthebuddy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, huge shout out, random shout out. We just got an email this past week from a lady by the name of Anne Marie, her and her husband, Tom wonderful people thank you for reaching out to us just a random side note you guys are beautiful next week we're not here deal with it (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see you (laughs) we don't we don't have an official date yet so make sure you're subscribed on social to be able to see when we're gonna go live again um and uh if you haven't listened to our other podcasts why not over the summer make a make a commitment and go through and see how we've grown as a podcast you can see the transition from the aaron and matt era to the uh former team orthodoxy mike brooke julie era so reimagined <laughs> new and you said former it hurt my heart we are forever team orthodoxy that's true yep. that is true um so yeah, Just please. Like or can say. That's true. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, yeah. So please give us those follows. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Um, we'd love to consider them buddies too. Um, so make sure you're subscribed so you'll know when we're coming back for season three. And from all of us here to all of you. Stay, Stay, Stay ready. ready. Let's let's say that again. Y'all broke up on that side. Okay, one, two, three. Stay, Stay ready. ready. Stay, Stay ready. Try it again. Three, two, Stay. one. Stay, Stay ready. One more time. One more time. All right, the delay is too let's, big. Let's go. I'll, you guys start it. You you count us down. Okay. Three, two, one. Stay, Stay That looks pretty good. Yeah, that was right on. Way to go, guys. <laughs>